Welcome to This is Type 1, real-life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. I'm Colleen Mitchell, and I've had type 1 diabetes for 25 years. I'm a life coach, author, and speaker. I also work full-time as a process analyst in the power industry. I'm passionate about type 1 diabetes education and showing others that this disease doesn't define me. I'm Jessie Tuggy, and I've had diabetes for nine years. I love hiking and painting. I'm looking forward to working as an engineer after I get my degree in college. My diagnosis has inspired me to take control of my life and my future, to learn everything I can about type 1 diabetes. Each week on the show, we'll talk about real life with type 1 diabetes, bring on cool people with connections to type 1, and above all, encourage you to understand that this disease doesn't have to hold you back. This isn't medical advice. This is life with type 1. Welcome to episode 109 of This is Type 1, real-life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. Today, we're going inside Myabetic with its founder, Kira Richards. Myabetic is a high-end diabetes accessory brand featuring stylish bags, premium supply cases, jewelry, and accessories. Myabetic also has its own TV streaming service called Myabetic Diabetes TV, featuring premium TV shows and films for diabetes viewers across the globe, and it's free. Myabetic is changing the way diabetes looks and how living with diabetes feels by focusing on style, not shame. Before we get into the interview, we have our wins, fails, and hack of the week, and Jesse has the win. Yes, I do, surprisingly. My win this week is, is that I went to the zoo with my mom this weekend. We had so much fun. The elephants are my favorite. I will say that. I love it elephants. Anyways, and I was expecting to go low throughout the day, but with the help of my CGM and my pump, I didn't go low or high. And I stayed in that like perfect, like 100 to 150 range and just had a great time. So I had a a really good day with my blood sugars that day. And I was very thankful for that. My fail happened on the first hike after the smoke here in Missoula. We've had wildfire smoke kind of coating the area for about a month now, but it cleared out. And so I went on the hike and surprise, surprise, My sensor cut out just a few minutes up the trail, and it didn't come back until I was almost done, which was fun. But that was an hour later, so I had about an hour without sensor data. So I just winged it for the hike. I turned off my insulin, had a roll of Smarties on the way down. When it cut out, my number was going up, slightly angled, and it was 114. And then when it came back, it was 86 going down. So it kind of just didn't really work out that great. I dropped down to 68 before it stabilized and then came back up, but I was on suspend, like no insulin for quite a while. It happens. It happens. And then our hack this week is when it comes to talking to kids about younger than age 10. So it's really important that you explain type one diabetes on their level, meaning don't add a lot of terminology, medical information, or things that generally kids most likely wouldn't understand not to say that kids aren't smart or they're not like really intuitive, but the fact that sometimes we explain diabetes with words like pancreas, insulin, blood glucose, those kind of terms can be really confusing for kids that are generally not as aware of type one diabetes as say like a kid with that, a kid with diabetes or like a parent with ha- who has a child with diabetes. So it's just really important you don't necessarily use those bigger kind of words or those words that aren't going to necessarily be understood by the general child brain. But it does help kind of calming their nerves down when you use like, oh, yeah, the sugars in my blood rather than saying blood sugars and just kind of going that extra step to 
talk to them confidently, but also gain point across in very easily understandable terms. Great advice. And now here is our interview with Kira. Kira, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. So for all of our listeners who haven't actually heard of you, could you please tell us who you are, how long diabetes has been in your life, and maybe the story of your diagnosis? Sure. So I am Kira Richards. I live in Los Angeles, California. I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at 2000, in 2008 when I was 24 years old. I was working at the time as a professional dancer in Los Angeles. And I, I had just returned home to LA from a dance tour in Afghanistan where I was performing for the troops. So I was going from military base to military base in army helicopters and planes and performing for hours at a time in kind of desert conditions. And when I came back home, I had the typical symptoms that so many of our listeners share, being super thirsty, exhausted, having having to go to the bathroom all the time. But I just kind of, that, what I thought would happen, I was just, I was dancing for hours at a time in the middle of the desert, which all these things kind of add up, you know, I was, I was exhausted and thirsty and needed to go to the bathroom because I was drinking so much. So I went to my, my, you know, general practitioner doctor and my big diagnosis in my head, what I thought had happened was I told her, so I think I broke my bladder dancing in Afghanistan. And that's what I said. <laughs> it was just very official. Obviously, you could tell I have such a great medical background. Um, and she goes, mm, I don't think that's what it is. Let's talk. Because when we were on these military planes, they didn't have any bathrooms. And I was chugging water. And then I wasn't able to go. And I was holding it. So I just, I thought like something might have happened when I was holding it. Anyway, I went into a spin that so many of our, our friends can understand of depression and feeling just lost and isolated. And that's when I came up with idea for Myabetic to really change how diabetes looked and felt. So now, instead of saying I'm Kira Richards, I'm a professional dancer and dance teacher, I am the founder of Myabetic, which is a e-commerce a diabetes brand that makes a lot of great products, has a, has a media division, Myabetic Diabetes TV, and we have a a great community. I love all of that. Like that Afghanistan story is just like you broke your bladder. I've never heard that before. And it's so funny. (laughs) Yeah, you can tell. That was such a a great medical background. But yes, that was my very official diagnosis at the time. Did you or your family know anything about type 1 before that? Was there any family history? No family history that we know of, maybe back generations, possibly, but no, did not know anything about it. Probably what most people think of, like, no, is it, I know it's something to do with sugar. I know some people wear devices and stuff, but I had, I had no idea what I was getting into. Actually, the, for my first doctor appointment, they sent me directly to the ER and then to an endocrinologist that day. So luckily I was not in DKA at the time. I was kind of upper you know, in, in almost 400, but I kind of caught it on the early side of things. But the doctor at that point, you know, I was crying in her office. She was a, a great doctor medically, but just kind of understanding and that emotional side. I don't think she completely understood how devastating this could be. Um, and she just told me, oh, okay, yeah, it's going to be fine. Go home and 
take an insulin shot, you know, and I was like, I have to give myself a shot. What is insulin? You know, all these questions that come up with so many of us. And it just, yeah, that, that cycle of the waiting rooms and in the doctor's offices and understanding and the carb counting, it was just extremely overwhelming. And like I said, I was 24. So I know I felt terrible because I'm like, look, there are kids doing this all over the place and I should be able to do this better. I'm 24 years old. I should be able to get it like, but at the same time, there are things that come with that too, that I had gone through most of my life without it and understanding and grappling with it as a young woman also that was making living at the time and something that's really aesthetic and using her body and going in front of cameras and being scrutinized. And then the weight gain that comes with now you're giving yourself insulin. And now I feel in, insecure about my entire physicality and all of that. It just, it added up a lot. I like uh, calling it the, I shouldn't like shooting yourself. It's like, I should be able to do this or I should know better. It's I tell people, stop right. shooting yourself. It's like you're shooting yourself. You're shooting yourself in the foot. You're just kind of, you know, the the bad word. Right. Shooting exactly. yourself. You're but shooting I, yourself. I love that. Yeah. But I think doctors nowadays need to get, like you said, better on the emotional side of things instead of just being like, here, here's here's your insulin. Go give yourself a shot. Especially when you're diagnosed right. that late. That and especially when it comes to like younger people getting diet, like teenagers, like specifically. So I had to recently go to like an adult endocrinologist. And for me, it was kind of hard, like, to kind of connect with this adult professional and then me 18 years old, going into college, not even like having like a professional career. So I totally understand where you're coming from with like that disconnect of like, this is a very different world that I'm used to. Right, right. I mean, there's no easy time to get diagnosed with diabetes and we all have our different struggles. But yeah, it wasn't so much, okay, give yourself a shot and the pricking your finger and all those things. Like the physical problems and challenges were hard, but like the emotional side was way worse for me. Like understanding that who am I now? Am I come here? I am as an individual young woman. Here's my hopes and dreams. And then I just felt like a very like, I have a label on me. Now I'm a medical patient. Now people see me, this like blaring thing of diabetes that I don't identify myself as. This is something that's very new. And yeah, that emotional side was so much harder. With that being said, was there any, are there any like favorite or least favorite things you have about being diabetic or having type 1 diabetes? The least favorite, yeah, how many things we could go on and on. Being diagnosed at 24 it really did completely change my life. So that can go for both my favorite and my least favorite that owning a diabetes business and going into something entrepreneurial adventure that has something to do with diabetes was never on my like dream, you know, goal chart and dream board. That was not where I was going. And now it's like, I am in a career that has something to do with something that I had no idea even existed when I was 23 years old, you know? So that comes with a lot of excitement, but I, I love what I do now. And it's brought a lot of meaning and pride into my work. But at the same time, that not having something that kind of came into your life dictates so much of your life has been something to get used to too. And I'm a person that loves to plan things. And so as we know, it helps with diabetes, but also you can never totally plan it. So it, it makes you learn a lot. And 
being someone that's living with type 1 diabetes helps, as you guys know, as an entrepreneur, that you have to kind of just ride these waves of ups and downs. And some days you think things are going well, and then the next minute, next second, here are the double arrows up or down or, you know, not being able to completely plan things um, is the hardest part for me that, you know, how much extra work it is to do anything. <laughs> I am like, so feeling it with the not being able to plan sometimes because I am a planner too. I went on a hike yesterday morning and my sensor cut out right as I was going up the hill. And I'm like, that's great. <laughs> Perfect timing. Of course. Right. I found it like, so when I was 24 and like I said, the, the body image thing was really hard and not only just giving yourself injections that I had, I didn't get on an insulin pump right away, but not wanting to associate myself with something on my body. But then like the weight gain and weight loss and understanding like at the time that I was going and dancing for hours and then going to the gym because that was my lifestyle. But then, or, you know, getting ready for an audition or eventually getting ready, ready to for my wedding and trying to lose weight and look look and feel good in the dress, but then, okay, I did great. I ate great today and I worked out, but then I go home and it's crashing in the whole night and you're chugging sugar and you're like, why did I even try to work out? Like all of those things are the things that, you know, get really upset when you're like on the floor of the bathroom, a bathroom crying. You're like, okay, pick yourself up. It's going to be okay. But yeah, it's relentless, the stress. So you mentioned you weren't on like an insulin pump right away. How do you manage your type 1 diabetes now? Like, are you on insulin shots or do you have a pump? Yeah, I was on, I used insulin pens and I'm very lucky that when I was diagnosed that that was the first thing I was given. So I never had to do syringes and insulin vials, but I was on insulin pens for, oh gosh, let's see. I would say for five or six years. And then I finally went on my first insulin pump, which was tandem. And that I went on the tandem T-Slim. It was kind of funny because I was working already with my company, Myabetic, and we partnered with tandem to make colorful cases for the tandem insulin pump because I wanted to change the image, make sure it looks beautiful, like make everything colorful and beautiful and exciting. And I worked with tandem and then they wanted to do a photo shoot and they actually asked if they could include me in the photo shoot. And I said, that's great, but I don't use an insulin pump. So they're like, okay, well, we could, maybe you could try. Do you want to test one out? And I'm like, I'd love to try one out. But so the first time I ever had an insulin pump on me was at the photo shoot to advertise for an insulin pump. <laughs> so they were, they were shooting at one point and they're like, Kira, that's upside down. That's what I'm like, okay. They're trying to tape it on. I was like, just do it. Like, let's, let's, and so they got um, an educator in and said the whole thing, but I was kind of pushed into it a little bit to try it when I was working with them. And I loved, I was very scared to do it as so many people are. But once I took that leap, it's like, you know what, this isn't, this isn't so hard. And it wasn't so much that, again, like that I didn't think I could get great control it was how am I going to fit this into my daily life? Like, where am I supposed to put this thing when I finally figured out, oh, well, this fits into right here on like the base of my bra strap. That's when I could actually use it. It wasn't that the physical problems, it was the lifestyle, like that emotional side, like, where do I put this? How do I deal with this every day? Like, what if I don't want it on me all the time? And where do I put it in a bathing suit? You know, so like, that's why our company just that's it's beyond the actual physical challenge of it. Like, how can you incorporate diabetes into your lifestyle? So it feels personal and it feels like it 
it feels like you as an individual. So that's, I was on an insulin pump and then I was on an insulin pump all the way through my first pregnancy. So I have two young daughters, four and two. And for my first daughter, I was uh, using a Dexcom and I was on using my T-Slim insulin pump. Fantastic. And it, I had, it was, I mean, great. It was relative. It was very, very difficult to be pregnant with diabetes, but I have no complaints about that. And then when I, when I actually gave birth to my daughter and having a tiny newborn on you all the time, that's when the tubing became really annoying, frankly. <laughs> it was hard because I was holding her and she was always on me. And then I, you know, like I was like, oh, I want to wear my pajamas. And then she's tugging at the insulin pump tubing. So then I went back to injections just because I was like, I have a newborn baby. I'm trying to figure this whole thing out and I don't want to deal with the tubes. So I went back to injections. And then I did injections through the whole second pregnancy because for my first pregnancy, just the adhesives on my skin and the insulin pumps, like it was just a lot where it was like also kind of getting blotchy and kind of flaring up while I was pregnant. So I'm like, you know, I don't want to do that again. So I did insulin pens through my second pregnancy and loved it. And again, healthy pregnancy with my second little girl. And then when she came out and I had now two little babies all over me, I would forget to give myself an injection because I was like working around like, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? And then I'm like, okay, I need an easier way for now. So now I, so then I changed to the Omnipod. So I had something tubeless, something that I can, I put it on my lower back a lot. So I don't even think about it. And then I had just a single button to give myself insulin. <laughs> so it was easier as a young mom trying to figure out all the kids stuff, like push a button. I don't have to hold them while trying to give myself an injection. So Right now, I want an Omnipod and a Dexcom, but I've been all over and will kind of continue to change my devices or use as it works best with my lifestyle. Are you going to try the Omnipod integration with Dexcom once that becomes available? I would love to. Yes. Anything to make it easier would <laughs> be great. Right. So we were talking earlier about the stress from being diagnosed at 24, and I want to find out what does burnout mean to you? And what has helped you get out of burnout? Because it sounds like you went through maybe a lot of it early on. Yeah, it's changed over the years. I, I think my burnout comes specifically in the fact that I live and breathe diabetes. I, I It's obviously always back of my mind, but it's, it's my career too. And I listen and work in the diabetes space. So having to every day that is what I'm working on. Diabetes, diabetes, diabetes. And then I go home and then it's dealing with my diabetes. You know, that could, that could add additional stress too, because then I'm talking about, you know, what you can do to help make your life with diabetes better. And then I go home and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm at 300. I haven't even listened to my own advice. You know, like it's, so I think that just dealing with it at all times is where my sources of burnout come from. And just, getting whenever I'm tired, that's when I get more stressed out. Like that's when everything comes up. Like if I'm, if I'm having a day and I had a good night's rest, everything feels better in the morning. But with young kids and just and trying to run a business and this last year been pandemic, like all of it, when I don't sleep well, that's when I get burnt out mostly. So I try my best to like, Kira, go to bed, take a breath. It'll be different tomorrow morning. And also because I've been able to work in diabetes and a lot of our team 
also lives with diabetes and I talk on our channels to so many people with diabetes, it is nice to have an outlet of people like I go in and I'm going, oh my gosh, my arrows are going up. I don't know. I'm 275 and I hit the office and then another person's beeping going off and I'm like, okay, so it's not just me. It's, it's not, it's not me on an Island here. This makes me feel better, but I can get around other people with diabetes, but yeah, sleep and just trying your best. I I think it just happens to everyone. (laughs) So knowing what you know now about life with diabetes and like living with diabetes, is there anything that you wish you had done differently at 24, 25, like the first couple of years of your diagnosis? I don't think there's anything I would have done differently. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I'm like, I'm proud of the way I handled everything. Like I was, I went through it. I was, it was, I was really hard on myself. I was very stressed out and it may, I really did have to change my entire lifestyle career wise because I was dancing professionally and going on audition after audition and like didn't have a set schedule. Like every day was changing and I really needed to take a break. I had to talk to my agent in Los Angeles and say like, I need to figure out these insulin levels, what's going on. I'm scared to kind of be in the middle of an audition because an audition could be like you're in and out from in 30 minutes, but you could also go round after round after round and be there for hours and hours. And I don't, and then I don't want to stress about where am I going to get my food and how am I going to live if I go low in the middle of it. So I, I definitely took a turn then. And then I was, I was making, um, while I was on this break from that, career professional move is when I just started jotting down ideas I had, which eventually became the company Myabetic. And it was really, I needed a creative outlet. Like that was, that's how I feel better is when I'm creating something or being artistic and that's my background. And so I started kind of doodling around, like I am living in something that I feel is so ugly. Like I am just the, all the ugliness about diabetes, like I'm in a dark place here and I need to make it feel better and need to make it something that I'm not just turning away from and feel ashamed of. And at the time when I was 24, I did not see so many options like diabetes and the image of diabetes. I wanted nothing to do with like either the imagery that was out there. And I you could still argue that this is the case for most of it is It's either one or the other. One is super negative, shameful. People with diabetes are lazy or there's like all these just terrible stereotypical things that are in the media all the time. Or it's the opposite where kind of big pharmaceutical companies are showing people with diabetes on TV and they're like dancing around, smiling, going cartwheeling. And it's like, no, you can live with diabetes. And like, I'm like, okay, that's not me. But also that's not me, this total shameful person. And I'm like, I don't identify with any of this out there. Like I need to find, to find a way to connect with my diabetes and make it something that I actually want to interact with and what I actually want to look at every day. If I have to keep giving myself these finger pricks at the time, I did not have a CGM, or if I have to keep, you know, giving myself injections, like what am I bringing around? And, you know, like for me at the time, that was, okay, well, I got from my doctor's office or my educator, that little black flimsy meter case that we're all carrying around. And here I am in going out with my friends in Los Angeles and Beverly Hills and like having like these cute like outfits and then throwing around this ugly little case. And like, 
oh, this is not me. It's something again that I'm just like, this is a terrible dark cloud on me as a 24 year old. And I just hated that thing so much. And so I was like, okay, let's just start there. Like, how can I make this look better to me? So it feels better. And that's, and just across the board, that's where my Vedic came from. Like, how can I make this all look better and show myself? It started completely from a personal place. Like, something that's cool and something I actually want to interact with. And I might be the only person who thinks this way. Like maybe it's just me that has such a problem with this. But the more I started, we, you know, I joined forces with my friend who was working in New York um, at the time doing marketing. And I was like, hey, I have this crazy idea. And it's just like a side project I want to do. And I want to like make these cases look better and I want pretty colors and I want it to look, you know, a certain way. And we started this project and kind of just to go out there and test it to see if anybody else liked it. And the more we put it out there, the more people started responding and like, oh yes, I like this too. So that was, I mean, I would change so much of the way it was back when I was diagnosed, but that's why I do what I do and what my why myabetic exists because I didn't think there were options out there at that time. And that now when people are diagnosed, I hope they can find companies like Myabetic and we're like, hey, yeah, diabetes sucks, but we're going to do everything we can to help you feel better with it. And we're going to change the way that it's that it looks and markets it, not only just from the product side, but the imagery that you see and how it can look. And you know, our community, Myabetic, a social, social community, like, it's amazing to go on Instagram now and see all these fabulous people living their lives and looking great and styling their myabetic products and like looking at these people and even now like that person looks cool and I hadn't seen at that time like this is a cool person or here's this person who lives with diabetes somehow but I don't still don't see them talking about it publicly like now it's it's just such a different culture so yeah there are many different ways that I wish it could have happened at the time but if it if it did, like, if it had happened that way, then my Vedic would have never been born. And so now I'm hoping that it's different for people getting diagnosed after me. I'm just thinking of all of the diabetes bags that I had growing up. And it was like this little black backpack, totally not stylish, totally not cool. There was a little, little green backpack. I had a fanny packs. And then all of my cases are the black boring cases. <laughs> Exactly. Cool. And it's just something that, yeah, this is what we do. You have diabetes. Here you go. Here's this black standard case. And that's what it is about my diabetic. I'm going, look, we understand you have to live with diabetes. We have to do this. This is not a choice. We, none of us chose, but you know what would be really great today? Like, let's go out and live with diabetes. This is not a choice. And it is, there's so many demands when you live with diabetes. You have to check your blood sugar. You have to give yourself insulin. You have to make sure that you bring this stuff into you have your glucagon hit. And did you check your blood sugar this time? And how many did you report it to your doctor? And just the demands feel so exhausting sometimes. And so it goes, okay, well, can we just give people choices? So fine, you have to do this. But what are some choices that could be fun? If I have to do it, how can I make it look pretty? How can I make it feel like me? If I have to get these things, is it is there an easier way to get everything together? If I have to give myself a, a logbook, well, can it be rainbow colored and have stickers in it to make it look fun? You know, so that's really just let's make it look and feel better. I just want to say I appreciate you like so much right now, like going into college and just being like, yeah, I'm type 1 diabetic. And like by you having 
the option for me to make it look cute and make it look like it's not something scary. I'm just so thankful for like you and your company right now. Like that makes me feel so much better. We feel so much better. And that's what I love. Like, this is the highlight. This is why we do what we do. It, like, it makes me feel endlessly better when I'm sitting there and working on something and thinking of you going out with your friends, looking cute. And I've had that many times in Los Angeles. I've been on Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills wearing one of our MyBetic bags. And a couple people came up and like, your bag is so cute. Where did you get it? And I'm like, oh, it's very limited, exclusive community, you know, you know, like you could get it. Um, but that's why I love it. Like nobody has any idea. And this is just me living my life. And we're going to make it cute. You know, there's no sense in hiding it if you don't want to. Exactly. So what's your favorite part about running a diabetes accessory company? Well, that things like you just told me is my favorite part of it, for sure. The people, that's why it is because I'm, this is not, I mean, diabetes pun aside, like it's not just sugar coated, but like it's, I mean, diabetes, running a business is very hard. It's exhausting. There's nothing, it's just like diabetes, it's relentless, like problem after problem. And it's, no one teaches you how to do things. I did not go to business school. I did not go into fashion merchandising. Like this was not on my plan, but like, it's just something that I'm really passionate about. And that's what makes it something that I can do and that I love. And I feel very fortunate to be able to have the opportunity to connect with so many people around the world living with diabetes. That's by far the best thing. Not to mention that so many of our team now lives with diabetes because they, the company resonated with them and they wanted to come work with us, you know? And so I love working with people with diabetes and I love creating something for a community that I feel a part of. And I honestly, my personality, I would, I don't think I would have been one of those people had I not worked in my medic and started this diabetes company. I don't think I would have talked about it publicly still. It doesn't mean that I think I would have hit it necessarily, but I just don't, I don't think I would have had an Instagram handle of type one Cura. Like that probably isn't me. I don't think I would have gone straight, like been very forward about it. And it is, forced me to kind of be within this community that I've loved and I'm very proud of to be associated with so many strong people because, you know, it takes, it takes a strong person to live with diabetes. So that's absolutely the best thing to like connect with people like you two and meet so many other people that you guys know, like when you see someone else that's living with diabetes, you automatically are like, okay, we're friends right off the bat. Like we understand each other on a level that so many other people can't. And then to be able to work in something that like my job is to wake up and be like, how can I, how can we make people living with diabetes? How can we make their lives easier and better? But like, that's, I mean, that's just a dream to have work that really means something to you. So you kind of already mentioned this already, but generally speaking, what is your target audience for your products in Myabetic? Yeah, we have products for across the board. I mean, it is, for people living with diabetes and, and their loved ones. Um, so we have products for men, women, and children. And I mean, we have something for everyone. But we've found that a lot of people are kind of within... Most of our, our audience is probably within 20 to 40 age group. But again, we've had 
grandmothers who love our stuff and then three-year-olds who are rocking purses, you know, but we have across the board this, like, it's really about a personality, someone with di- that lives with diabetes that is ready to feel better and is ready to, you know, like take diabetes in their own hands. So it's not necessarily like this is, this is the exact person and this customer, it's someone who lives with diabetes and wants to, wants to feel better. So kind of talking about that feeling better part, and we've already mentioned this a little bit, but how would you, how would you talk to someone who has, who is maybe being diagnosed like when you were and they're feeling all that shame and that depression and they haven't found myabetic yet? What would you tell them to help empower them into living kind of purposefully about their lives instead of using diabetes as an excuse? I mean, like you guys, I mean, just be forgiving. Like I think the longer you live with diabetes, the easier it is to kind of brush off and be like, oh, it gets better, you know, but especially because I can remember it so well because I was older at 24. I think it's, I think it's important to kind of go through those stages and feeling, letting yourself feel sad and letting yourself be upset and not like you you said, the shoulda. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we, it'd be easy for me to give advice. And I think that that's, what I was diagnosed, I think that was hard to hear people give advice because it almost oversimplified it, right? But I remember people saying, or the doctors, and I was like crying hysterically, and I'm like, oh no, but it's gonna be okay. It's okay. It's okay. And you know, people like, no, it really does not feel okay right now. Like, and it's okay to be in that space as we're talking about mental health so much right now. I think it's important to go through that and give yourself some time to adjust and be just easy on yourself and so many people right away because they are talking to the first people that you're talking to if you're lucky or good doctors or a medical team and they're trying to look at the numbers which are black and white you know and okay where's the a1c in this state oh my gosh now you're at 128 oh you're too high you know and now oh like all of that it gets to try to be something that's almost a perfection level right away can lead to crazy burnout too so to let people be like Take a deep breath. It is going to get better, but go through it. Just take it one step at a time. And when you're ready, like there are so many people who live with this that we're here to help you. And, you know, companies like Myabetic, like find us, you know, that's one of the things we started Myabetic Diabetes TV last year. And one of the big reasons for doing it was because there are a lot of people that live with diabetes and might want to connect or might want to hear from other people that live with diabetes, but aren't ready necessarily to go to an event that here's a meetup or here's a conference. And really, they're they're not ready for that yet, but they might want to hear from other people living with diabetes. So we have on, on the channel, we have all these pieces, great pieces like dating with diabetes, travel with diabetes, pregnancy with diabetes, parents of children with diabetes, and just these women or men coming in and having just a discussion and not necessarily a lecture, but just a discussion of people talking about different viewpoints of living with diabetes. And that just helps, you know, so we're, we're here to help, but you just, you know, I, I think it's to kind of give advice sometimes. It's it's hard to take advice when you're in a position that you're just feeling, okay, I, I'm, I'm too sad to like hear it. I think so many people had said great things to me, but I just wasn't ready to hear it. 
at that time. So I do know that there are a lot of great resources and there are companies like us that are here to help and communities like you and finding these great things that didn't exist 10 years ago, right? These awesome podcasts and companies that can do things on that emotional lifestyle side. I'm really glad that you said that it's hard to receive advice when you're in that kind of emotional state because a lot of people are like, they want somebody to tell them what to do. But when somebody tells them what to do, they end up feeling bad about it because they don't think they can actually do it or they re- like rebel against it. So just acknowledging that it's you need to be in a certain space to receive advice is so important. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. There's that, the physical side, like just right away trying to understand how to get how to receive your insulin, whether it's in a pump or a shot, something like just that alone and trying to figure out just, I mean, I had a terrible time. Like I didn't, the card counting thing for me was just like, this is so frustrating. I don't get it. Like I was just so upset that I was like, okay, no carbs. And then I'd be just crying hysterically. Like I miss, I miss eating bread. You know, like just there's so many things, but the physical side of that just, okay. And then the emotional side, you know, but yeah, there are just so many great resources now that aren't necessarily like, this is a clinical doctor's office telling you what to do or a nonprofit that you feel like you have to join or something. There's just go on social media and there's a million people that can help you. And like I said, companies like us that can make us make you feel better and just included and feeling like you you can still live an awesome life. But yes, you have to be ready. So you man- mentioned dancing a lot and you're a professional dancer and I find that amazing. That's like incredible. Do you think that you'll, do you continue to dance? Do you want to get back into it? Maybe not to the hardcore intensive level that you were at. I mean, it was your job. So how do you kind of like incorporate that into your lifestyle now? Yeah, well, at the time, after I did get things straight with my insulin levels, I did go back and dance professionally. And um, it was interesting to be like dancing. I was dancing in like a Coca-Cola commercial. And then I'd be like going off the side and give myself insulin. And like, you know, it's just it was a exciting thing to be a professional dancer while you're also managing diabetes. But it was definitely I was able to do it when I was ready. And I was at one job. I was on the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. We were dancing I was actually performing behind Dwayne The Rock Johnson at the time. And backstage, people were like talking and I was showing them how I was giving myself insulin and stuff. So I did do it for years and it was so fun. And then I was doing it alongside with starting my Vedic and understanding what it's like to, first of all, how to make a product and then how to get it out to the world. So I was doing it together. And then really my bed, it just kept growing and growing. And it was the type of, uh, you know, something like dancing. It doesn't want professional dancing. I didn't think, oh, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. It's a certain chapter in my life. And I was originally going to think like I would continue teaching dance and owning a dance studio, which might be something that I might do someday in addition. But my bed, it kept growing and it happened to be another beautiful artistic outlet that came after that. And I think that now with my two little girls. I actually just recently started bringing them to dance class and that's really fun. So it's still in my life a lot and I love it. And working and producing on Myabetic Diabetes TV and having entertainment come back into it and have, producing these awesome things for people living with diabetes, that's kind of fulfilled part of that creative energy too. This is kind of more focused back on kind of being a company leader since you are a company leader. 
What would you say to other CEOs or executives who are maybe unsure about how to best take care of their people who have chronic illness or other stressors that might affect their work performance, especially now that so many people, including me, are working from home? Yeah, I think especially after 2020 and the pandemic, I think that a lot of business leaders are are being forced to look at what everyday life and how the office scenario looks. I mean, for us, we have always kind of done a hybrid model of in the office, out of office work. Because again, we know like people living with diabetes, there's you know, there's a lot of other factors that go into it. And we have like in our office, we have a whole section with like low snacks and beeping all over the place. And it's a very welcoming environment if you live with diabetes. But understanding, like we said, the emotional side of living with diabetes, like, yes, maybe your blood sugar is within range, but there's some stresses and emotional stresses that come with living with diabetes too, that like so many other chronic illnesses, like that are that invisible side of the disease is definitely relevant And I think that even without people living with a disease or chronic illness after last year, especially like that mental health is, is just so important. So I love that that has become such a big topic now within businesses and, you know, outside of business that just understanding there's, there's no right. There's not one way to have a business running and there, you know, business is comprised of people at the end of the day. And like, People are all different and all going through something different. And to really be mindful and understand employees and see, you know, like what you can't just assume that they're, everybody's okay and really talk to them and have an open discussion instead of, well, here's nine to five and here you clock in and this is what it is. And you're just going to perform like a robot. Like no one's like that, you know, and especially like the waves where I'm like, you know what, I need to take some time, I need to get my blood sugar in range, I'm exhausted from a night where you were up chugging apple juice or something that you're like, fine, I'm here physically, but like, my head is not here right now, like I need to take some time. But I'm going to from this period of time when I'm feeling better, like I'm going to crank out a bunch of work, you know, and at the end of the day, I think that's the most important, like, as long as people are getting their work done and contributing to the greater mission, then that's great. And it doesn't have to be that it's like, well, physically here, you know, like cross my hands, I'm sitting and typing at the computer at this, you know, like micromanaging day. It's just, let's get our work done and work together. And you're all humans trying to work toward the same goals and, um, you know, having that open, open discussion. So what were some of your inspirations on the designs of your handbags, of your backpacks, of like the little kind of looks like a makeup bag almost? So what were kind of like the inspirations behind those? Yeah, we started with these um, kind of fashion products. We started with fashion accessories that hold your diabetes supplies, although now we have a lot more on the site than just bags and cases. But to, again, keep it simple, things that I just thought looked pretty and things that I thought looked cool. Like you just... There's no sense that like we live in a culture where there are trends and what people are wearing and how people are living. Like, okay, then let's make that and make it look cool. Like you want to wear that anyway and just put some extra pockets and put some insulated areas for people with diabetes. Like let's, that's a beautiful looking bag. Everybody's kind of wearing these things or our belt bags and fanny packs are coming back. So let's make it look cute. Like it's just something that keeping up with cultural trends, which is not always the case because in diabetes, if you're like a diabetes device 
and you are trying to make, say, an insulin pump or CGM, like how many approval processes and how long it takes to create that specific device. It is years and years, and then you have to get cleared by the FDA. So something that they started designing that's going to be released in 2022, they could have been designing so long ago when trends were very different, you know? And so with with Myabetic, it's like, okay, well, we can stay in this kind of ethos where there's this kind of what's relevant right now. What is cool? What are people loving? And let's jump on board, you know, <laughs> let's make those things. So it's fun to combine kind of what's culture now and what's in the ethos and what's cool and what's fashionable and put it diabetes into it and work in real time. So it's always fact of whatever we think looks great and what we hear from the community that they would love, you know, for, oh, I want a backpack for school. Oh, I want something to go hiking with. Oh, I need a really cute travel accessory, or I need something that fits my laptop and a good work purse, or I just need something that's really cute that I want to go out with my friends to a bar, like all of it, you know? Okay, sure. Let's do it. And let's make sure that you can combine. Here's your place for your phone. Here's your place for your diabetes devices. Here's your place for your wallet and keys and put it together into a small thing. So people with diabetes don't all of a sudden have to take a rolling suitcase to the bar because we have a million things to hold, you know? <laughs> I feel um, like that but, every time uh, I go out to a restaurant because I like take, if I'm on a trip, I'll take my backpack with me. And then I'm like, I'm that person who has my backpack in the restaurant. <laughs> exactly. And that's what's fun is like, I have a person that lives with diabetes. Our team lives with diabetes. So we're going, okay, well, if I travel, I have to keep all these supplies. So like for sense of a backpack that we have the, called the Edelman backpack, I wear the backpack traveling and then you want to go out, you can unzip the front pouch and it still has all your diabetes supplies, but a bunch of extra room and you have two accessories in one. And like just thinking through like a person living with diabetes, this is designed for a person living with diabetes and that makes people feel special. Like it's not something that's like, here's a cute bag. And oh, there's probably this one pocket that you can put your, your extra snacks in. Like, no, this was made for you. And I think that's important to feel that we're recognizing the community. Like, it's not just your side thought. Like, this was made for you, you know, and hearing all these little advice over the years, like all, almost every one of our products comes from something that the design of it is something that was like, annoying, frankly, to live without where I was like, oh, there's test strips everywhere on all my bags. This is super annoying. Or like my pen needles, where do I put them? Fine. I have all these little bloody test strips. I'm out. Where am I putting? So then fine, I'll make a pocket that I can just store all of them in and then it removes from Velcro and you can dump it out in the trash when it gets full. Like it's a removable waste pouch. And that element came from just living with diabetes and feeling like annoyed by something that I have to deal with and or work with our design team to make it happen. So that's the fun part. <laughs> Let's make it happen. But no, did I go to, into fashion design and working? Do I know how to make a purse? Like, absolutely not. In the very beginning, I'm like, okay, I know what I want. Okay, I guess I could draw a picture of it. You know, and I have like a ruler and I'm kind of like folding paper. Like, I didn't go to design school. But just figuring it out step by step. And okay, I don't know. Like, let me ask someone in fashion design, does this work? Do I have to put a seam here? What's a zipper? And there was a joke in our in our company that like Kira's having nightmares about zippers again. And I'm like, I am, I am. Because I'm like, wait, that zipper is too loud and that one's getting stuck. And like just trying these products or I was like, this is not where I thought my life was gonna go, but this is where I ended up because I was diagnosed with diabetes. And you know, being creative and being able to contribute to the community is really fun. 
I think you were proof positive that you don't need any like degree or experience or background in something you love to be able to do it for life. Yeah, you just got to be passionate about it and keep trying. That's really what it is. The diabetes aspect has helped so much being an entrepreneur. Like seriously, you can't quit diabetes, you know, like it's just something you got to keep going. So, so many times that I feel, oh, this is, this has been a really hard day for business or there's this big challenge going, okay, all right, all right. Like diabetes has helped me be like, okay, just take the punches. And then tomorrow we keep on going, you know, that fortitude that we all have from diabetes helps start a business and keep working on it. So what is next for Myabetic? Are there any cool projects that you guys can share with us? Okay, so we have products and we have so many products that we have so many fun new colors and patterns coming out. But in addition to our bags that bags and cases with diabetes products, we have new um, clothing with that have pockets for insulin pumps and CGMs. We have stuff coming down the pipeline too that goes beyond just the fashion accessory. We have things that you need, all the adhesive wipes. We're going to have alcohol books and sticky things, like anything that you need that's going to help you live with diabetes and going to, okay, I'm going to travel with diabetes. What do I need? We have so many different products for that. We have you know, school with diabetes. What do I need? And just providing as many solutions. So we have a lot of great product launches coming out in the next few months that I'm very excited about in addition to great new colors and patterns with some of the stuff that we already exist. And then we have Myabetic Diabetes TV, which everybody should check out. It's free. It's a streaming service. And everything on there was produced by people living with diabetes for people living with diabetes. And there, like I said, we have kind of like talk show, real talk. We have scripted series of the Diabetes Cowboy. We have diabetes animation. We have really funny like comedies for diabetes. You have diabetes dramas and how to's so that you can download um you can watch on myabetic.tv you can download myabetic diabetes tv app on your phone it's diabetes on uh you can download it, your the app to your tv your smart tv but that has a lot of great content so we're going to continue producing content as well as making awesome products that can help you look and feel better and then what is some advice that you give to the young or newly diagnosed type 1 diabetics out there I'll keep it simple. Just, we're here for you. That's that's my my advice. We are here for you. I mean, we the community as a whole and and my abetic community. Like when you're ready, like we have we have so many awesome things that can help you live with your diabetes and make it a little bit easier for you. Just there's people that care. There are people that want to help. There are so many different types of people living with diabetes and we have we've got you with products we've got you with support and love and that's beyond just your medical team you can reach out and there are so many great resources for you speaking of reaching out how can people best connect with you or myabetic online yeah you can follow myabetic so m y a b e t i c on all social and then Kira Richards, my name is K-Y-R-R-A-R-I-C-H-A-R-D-S, all one word on Instagram. Although my personal is a lot of pictures of my little girls, <laughs> but myabetic for sure. Go myabetic.com as well as our social channels, myabetic. I do follow both of your feeds on Instagram and you do have a very cute daughter. 
Both of them are, are very cute. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yes. My two, my two loves. I have the company and then my family and that's pretty much me in a nutshell. And then on, and for your amazing community on myvedic.com, if you use this is type one as all one word as a discount code, you can get 15% off on anything on myvedic.com. And we were really excited to have that discount available to you guys. So thank you. Thank you so much, Kira, for coming on, for like talking with us, sharing your story, and for that discount code. Thank you for all of the things. Oh, thank you. Well, I really appreciate your amazing podcast and have so much fun at college. And, you know, we'll stay in touch. All right. Our question for the audience this week is... Have you heard of Myabetic? When are you planning on checking them out? Personally, I can say they've got some beautiful pieces, very gorgeous, super functional too. Like they are very functional. I haven't, I don't own one yet. And I say yet because I'm actually looking at their website and I have a couple of pieces picked out. So yeah, go check them out, you guys. I actually do have a Myabetic bag. It's just, it's a bigger kind of square cube shaped one that is. It was basically, it basically turned into my alternative travel box. So it's really, it's really cute. I love it. In any case, that is it for this episode of This is Type 1. Thank you again so much to Kira for coming on as a guest of the show. You can find Kira on Instagram at Kira Richards. That's K-Y-R-R-A or at Myabetic, M-Y-A-B-E-T-I-C on all social media. And remember, you can get 15% off products at myabetic.com by using code this is type 1 with the numeral 1. Again, that's this is type 1 with the numeral 1, 15% off myabetic products. And from September 14th when this airs until October 14th, 2021, if you submit a review to iTunes for the podcast, you'll be entered into a drawing for a myabetic gift card. The winner will be announced on October 26th during episode 115. And you can find the links to everything we talked about today in the show notes. And those show notes are at inspiredforward.com slash episode 109. That's 109. You can apply to be a guest by visiting thisistype1.com. Our music is by Joseph McDade. And if you want a hit of focused inspiration in your inbox every week, sign up for my email list at inspiredforward.com. If you've ever felt shame and depression from diabetes that we talked with Kira about, please reach out to me. This is what I help type 1 diabetics deal with as you try to figure out how to focus on your life, not on your diabetes. I'm on all social media as at Inspired Forward, including on Clubhouse. I'm on the diabetes app as at Colleen Mitchell, and our email is Colleen at InspiredForward.com. And we do have a podcast Instagram. The handle is at this is type one pod. That is the number one. And we love hearing from you guys when it comes to feedback. And we also love to hear your ideas for what you want to hear us talk about, especially when it comes to about type one diabetes. Maybe you have a friend or a family member who has some questions that you're not quite sure how to explain. Or, you know, maybe you need some advice yourself and would like outsider's point of view. We would love to help you guys out with that and kind of talk about what you want to hear about. Personally, I'm on Instagram as at JJ underscore Crystal K-A-T. So please feel free to send me questions or comments you have about type 1 diabetes or about the show. If you do reach out on Instagram, just let me know you are a listener of the show. I would love to hear from you guys and just keep listening. We love... We love doing this. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. 
Be sure to listen next week for another episode about real life with type 1 diabetes. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.